Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. Coming up, a BFC Live conversation with Raj Grover. He is the CEO of High Tide. They have 80 stores in Canada right now. We wanted to connect with him about his ongoing expansion plans here and in the U.S. Raj, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Jay. You, true or false, you're the busiest guy in cannabis. I would say pretty true. One of the busiest guys for sure. So the, the picture behind you is someone getting ready to surf, but it's not actually you. The picture behind me? Well, you're, you, you got to, looks like someone, it looks like you're about to get ready to surf, but I don't think you have time for that. You know what? At least I can please myself with the picture for now. When I get to see the real ocean, well, that's when the surfing will happen, but the picture keeps me uh, keeps me happy for now. Well, that's good. It's, it's nice to look at, uh, if not uh, aspirational at this point. Um, so thank you for being here. We've wanted to connect with you for some time. I don't really know where to begin, but I will pick a beginning point and then we'll get into it. Does that sound all right? Uh, late last year, you're going to tell me the date probably, you finished the acquisition or closed the acquisition of Meta. Um, tell me what that meant for High Tide and then we'll sort of go from there. Does that sound right? Yeah, so so the date to be precise, not going to forget about this one, was November 18th, 2020 is when we closed MetaGrowth. Uh, I think we announced the transaction in uh, uh, last week of August, I believe. So Jay, that was truly a transformational acquisition uh, for our company and what our company really became after that. You know, we have been really good operators in, in terms of uh, creating shareholder value by organically building stores. And before we acquired Meta, we had basically put up about 35 to 37 stores. And then we doubled our footprint overnight with the acquisition of Meta. So we added another 30 odd stores to our portfolio. When we closed that transaction, you know, we went from in August from 36 stores to in uh, November, we went to 63 stores. So, you know, that was really transformational in every way possible. We created a lot of value uh, for shareholders on both sides for Meta Growth and for High Tide. Uh, you know, we, we practically doubled our revenue. Uh, Meta Growth was not profitable at that time. We knew that, but we knew with the synergies that we had on the table that we were looking at, we had, you know, eight to $9 million of synergies if we did this transaction. Uh, and, you know, we've come through with those synergies and in just our last, reported quarter we put out that we've already achieved 71% uh, of synergies that were originally identified. Uh, whether you look at you know redundant public company costs, whether you look at these dark leases that we were dealing with uh, between the two companies, uh, accounting expenses, if you look at personnel on both sides, you know you don't need two CEOs, two CFOs. So uh, you know things have really worked out and that uh, transaction really put us on the map. And it is, it sounds easy the way you just described it, but it is not easy and synergies are not always realized as, as acquisitions happen. And each one of those stores is their own little business running in an ecosystem and in a neighborhood. And, and just thinking about sort of how you run it. And we've seen, you know, three or four players sort of add stores in big chunks, you know, in the 80 80, 80 sort of range that, that you guys have. Um, but, but talk about that from an operations perspective, from a CEO perspective, like how do you think about an organization and the effort to run 80 stores, 160 stores, the next 320 stores? Like how do you set up for that type of scale in such a rapid fashion? 
Jay, that's a great question. And, uh, and I'm very proud of, uh, uh, you know, what we've achieved to date. And this started back in 2009. You know, I've always been an operator, uh, a hands-on person in the business. I've really understood my business well, any business that I've really taken on. And, you know, since 2009, having that experience of growing our first, started with this one smoke shop that was just 500 square feet with a total investment of $48,000, you know, I had to do what I had to do to build that business organically. I did not have the capital to put forward to, to build 20 stores altogether, but we got to 19 stores at its peak, all organically, you know, started a distribution company in 2011 that we call Valiant Distribution today, co-founded famous brands that, you know, does manufacturing distribution of proprietary and licensed smoking accessories. We've got relationships with Snoop Dogg, Trailer Park Boys, Paramount Pictures, et cetera acquired Grass City in 2018 and, and took the whole uh, ecosystem public uh, to a company that we call High Tide today. So, you know, this experience that I gained from 2009 to 2018 was invaluable. And because we touched so many different verticals, we've always had this broad and differentiated ecosystem that has given me personally a lot of experience uh, in the cannabis industry. And that clearly shows up in our results in Cannacabana today and what we're able to achieve. You know, Jay, I honestly think, um, you know, you have 10, 20, 50, 100, 200 stores. Eventually, these, becomes, they, these become numbers if you run your operation tightly. That has to be true when you're at 10 stores, 50 stores, or 100 stores. You know, we're not a franchise system. We have one franchisee in the company because we wanted to test that out. But I was very sure about my corporate strategy on where we needed to take, uh, uh, you know, cannabis retail in Canada. And we've delivered on that strategy. We're second to none when it comes to bricks and mortar store counts. As you mentioned, you know, we're the top three in the country with 80, 80 plus store counts now, and there's more coming this month. You'll hear more about it shortly. While we continue to own and operate two of the largest consumption accessory platforms in the world, you know, again, having access to millions of consumers in the United States and increasing our wholesale business year over year. Just last year, you know, our business increased uh, by 85% on the wholesale side. So, you know, really, really proud of what our team has achieved. But I think it all comes down to how, what do you think about your operations and how tightly you end up running them, right? And you have to lead from the front. You have to show the team a penny saved is penny earned. And that has been my philosophy since 2009. Yeah, again, it's, 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 it sounds easy as you say it, but but we've we've seen others try to go super rapidly and and, you know, from the regulatory side, from the operation side, from just owning a lot of stores, like it's, it is, you're making it sound a lot easier than it likely is, which is um, where I want to sort of take it next is that uh, we often think about you and the team and the 80 stores here in Canada, uh, but it's hard to ignore what's happening in, in the US. Um, I think within the past week, obviously New York has passed their, their legalization me measure, New Mexico, um, there's rumblings, more than rumblings in Virginia and then Connecticut and Pennsylvania. And, and we're gonna see dominoes fall, if not at the federal level, certainly state by state. And we, we've seen that, that mad rush. And I think we'll see more. Like, as you think about the US, it's um, right now it's like a, a, all, they're all tiny little countries operating on their own regulatory framework. How do you think about that as from a high tide perspective, looking to make inroads in the US do you pick and choose states that seem favorable? Do you pick and choose states that you think the demographics or the psychographics or whatever is similar to where you where you want to be? Or is it 
let's go where we think the biggest opportunities are or some combination of all those things. Yeah, so Jay, on, on that front, you know, what's happening down south is extremely exciting. And, and, you know, I live for the day when we can go and compete in the US. We've proven a point in Canada. I can't wait to, to start building retail stores in the United States. But, you know, the good news on, and I'll get to that point on what the plan is in the US and if and when that happens, but the good news is, regardless of the regulatory landscape today, you know, it's on one day, it's off one day, the different comments being made by different politicians, we are making money in the US today. I've been in the accessory industry for over a decade now. So, you know, we know a lot of these accessory brands that are very valuable. Cannabis is just getting started. You know, we've acquired Smoke Cartel that again, with its proprietary dropshipping technology, uh, gives us uh, this added momentum and edge. And, gives us access to millions of cannabis consumers on top of our Grass City platform that we've already had since 2018. You know, we get one good home run from any one of these platforms, any one of the accessory brands that we have, we're talking about millions of dollars, you know, which will create immense value for our shareholders and investors. And it doesn't only have to be through bricks and mortars, although I will tell you that I am most excited about US bricks and mortar. And I know it's coming and, uh, you know, we. We're not jumping the gun by signing option agreements uh, like some of the other groups have done. Uh, you know, we are we know that we have all the connections in the United States today. We we did the same thing in Canada at a at a chain of smoke shops that we ended up converting into dispensaries, most of them. And we're going to do uh, you know similar things in the U.S. We have a strategy, we have a plan, uh, but most importantly, what no none of the other groups have we have these two of the largest consumption accessory platforms in the world, which is Smoke Cartel and Grass City. If and when federal legalization happens and online sales become a reality, I think we will be in the forefront ahead of any other group that you can imagine, even in the US today, uh, you know, because no one has that advantage. So we're very well positioned uh, in, the, in the ancillary space today. We continue to make uh, great acquisitions. Uh, you're gonna hear more about them. Uh, I'm not allowed to speak uh, uh, any further than what I'm telling you, but stay tuned. There's more coming, uh, more coming in the U.S., more coming in EU, but we don't have to wait for federal legalization to happen. And, and then on your question about which states I would go for first, you know, I am, I'm looking at Canada, which is a really tough landscape to make money in terms of gross margins, in terms of how competitive it is. And, and these are, you know, this is, this is tiny population compared to the U.S., so when you go to the US and you get these big population centers and limited license opportunities, you know, the sky is the limit on, on how much profit we can generate there. So I can't really wait for that to happen, but if it doesn't happen for the next three, four years, we're going to continue to make some serious revenue and profit out of the US and EU. Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, exciting, interesting, frustrating. There's a million other adjectives to watch what's happening down in the US. Um, but I'd rather be looking at it from a legal landscape on down than like waiting for Canada to take some sort of action, right? Because I think we're, it, it's just, it's a better opportunity to like hone everything, run operations, get dialed into like what it's like to run 80 stores, add another 80, all those things. It just seems like a, a favorable position um, to be running and then waiting as opposed to waiting and then running. I couldn't agree more, uh, Jay. This is, you know, cannabis is still in its infancy. U.S. federal legalization has not happened, right? This is calm before the storm. This is the rehearsal. And we get to rehearse with 80 stores. You know, look at the top MSOs, how many stores they have. 
we're getting this valuable experience in Canada where it's tough competitive market. You know, uh, gross margins are not the same as the US. We can still be profitable here. We have been over the last four quarters. You know, we've created over, we've generated over $13 million in EBITDA and, uh, you know, our eyes are on the profit. So we are getting to, just like you said, exactly your point that we're getting to rehearse today for when the big innings actually happen. Well, we cannot wait. We hope you'll come back and talk to us. You're going to be with us a little bit later today for our Cannabis Retail Series, so we appreciate your time uh, throughout today. Uh, but thank you, Raj, for making time. We look forward to getting out to where we can surf with you, I don't know, and, and uh, take that picture anew, and we'll put it behind you on Zoom. But, but thank you for your time. Congratulations on the success of, of High Tide and all its properties, and uh, we'll connect with you down the road. Done. I'm excited to surf with you. Appreciate you uh, having me on the show. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. We'll talk to you. That was Raj Grover, the CEO of High Tide. If you like this podcast, please rate it and review it wherever you get your podcasts. It helps support the work we do. Thank you for joining us on B of C Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Mains.